This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Well, look, they're shopping, you know, that pick. So they're in a position to talk to everybody. They're going to talk to everybody. And there's going to be a multitude of ways they can go about rebuilding their team, a team that is totally bereft of talent. And some of that chatter already picked up down in Mobile. And you've got a new regime there who I I would say did not necessarily uh, have a glorious uh, indoctrination into the NFL. And you've now got a new team president there, right, in Kevin Warren. And I think he's going to have some of his own ideas about some things. He didn't bring these two in. You know, the, the, probably Trace Armstrong, the agent, former Bear, has as much to do with them being there as anybody in his relationships in that organization. And how do you give yourself, like, how, how do you give yourself sort of a boost, right? How do you try to distance yourself from your early body of work or, you know, some stuff that, I mean, like the Claypool trade, there's a lot of weird stuff that's going on there, right? Well, how do you do it? Hey, well, that quarterback got hurt. He's probably going to get hurt again. We didn't bring those other guys brought him in. You know what I mean? That was Nagy and those Jamokes. Like, we're going to go get our guy, right? That way you, you sort of buy yourself new time. You try to reset the clock. And because of where they're sitting, again, as well in the draft order, there's going to be a lot of different creative ways that they can move picks around, <clears throat> move a player like him around, and maybe reposition themselves not just in this draft, but for the following draft, right? Because that's another way where you're in a rebuild and first year wasn't necessarily linear, right? And people are questioning some of your moves and wondering what, what direction are you actually going in? Did you get enough for some of these players? Did you give up too much for others? What was the thinking at the beginning of the year, if you were just going to trade Roquan Smith anyway. Um, So looking at that in its totality, they now could come away from this saying, we're going to win the draft this year. We're in position to win the draft next year. Um, Caleb Williams, it's always the net, but Caleb Williams is going to be better than any of these guys anyway, and we might be in position to get him a year from now. Again, people I really trust in this league who don't BS me, two of them volunteered, like just the vibe they're getting, the feeling they're getting is the Bears want to make moves and Fields could very well be a part of a package they make, not that they're just limited to one thing. I mean, I think they could make multiple trades. They, they could make a trade before the draft. Wouldn't shock me if they then moved around the draft board again during the draft. Uh, they got a lot of holes to fill. Yeah, and and you know what? Also, I don't think it hurts from a checkers versus chess environment. If you all of a sudden throw out there that, hey, we you know we're, we'll trade them and we're going to take the pick, you know, all of a sudden that could sweeten things up. If you're Houston, if you're Indianapolis, if you're you know 
other teams that want to get higher and get themselves that pick, you know, it's, it's not a bad idea to do that. All right, so the Bears trying to play some chess out there. I guess my, my next question is, what do the Colts do? do i mean they're, they're sitting at four they want to move up you know you you had the best nickname ever for 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 jim ursay uh calling him the honky tonk man what is what is going on there where are they going to end up well they're going to end up with a you know a, a young cheap quarterback i mean I, I think that's what it was all about when i wrote about this at length in the washington post talked to a lot of people to league when he did that jeff saturday thing i mean his own coaches thought he was tanking. So, I mean, he, he can say, you know, he, he can come out and say whatever he was doing. <clears throat> but it looked like a guy who said, enough, I'm taking over this franchise. I want to be able to pick a quarterback, and I want to be in a position to at least get one of the three falling to me um, or, or not have to move up that far to get the guy in my choice. And here we sit, and he's got a young, malleable, first-time head coach who he can keep him under my thumb. And he's already turned Chris Ballard into a puppet. So – yeah, like now I'm going to go get my quarterback. And he couldn't, you know, he couldn't stop yammering on at the, the press conference the other day. Uh, do I think he would be prime fodder to go to one? I, I absolutely do. Um, he's only really won one way, right? <laughs> he took quarterbacks with the first overall pick. They're both generation talents. Yeah. Now, still, for all that, he won one with both of them. Came out and said when he drafted, I'm old enough to remember him drafting Andrew Luck saying, Andrew Luck's going to win multiple Super Bowls for me. He didn't go to one. Careful what you say, honky tonk. But it's kind of a little bit more like mouth of the south. I, I think he's he he's someone who obviously is in a situation now where he's wheeling and dealing. Um, he's the central figure in that organization from a football operation standpoint. And no one's no one's really going to be able to say no to him. So, uh, yeah, I, I, he's, he's going to have a rookie quarterback. Um, I don't think he'd be someone who would want fields in return, moving around, this or that. I, I just think it'd be more about him being in position to pick his guy first overall because that's that's been his bag. That's the only way he's won. Want to get your thoughts on some of this, on these coaching hirings, especially the Cardinals one. Thought it was interesting, Jason, that they went with Jonathan Gannon as their head coach just because he's a defensive guy. You would think Arizona probably won an offensive dude just because of Kyler Murray and they're tied down with him because of the contract. Were you surprised that they went the defensive coach route as their head coach? No, I'm not surprised that they did. I, I am surprised that um, it wasn't Lou Anarumo, I think, as a, a better body of work, a longer tenure in the league. Um, and frankly, I think his, I don't know anybody on that side of the ball has done a better job than him the last two years, Gannon included. Um I think <laughs> irony of ironies, the guy who I think would have been perfect there is Steve Wilkes, who, who, who they stained with a terrible season one year and kicked him out and scapegoated him, even though the GM picked all the coaches and put the staff together and not Steve Wilkes. Like, I think Leslie Frazier, like, I think somebody from the defensive side of the ball who could maybe put some guardrails up for Kyler Murray, whose job description isn't rebuild Kyler Murray. I'll find somebody on my staff to do that. Um, but I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to focus on the other side of the ball. Um, I'm not going to make my entire being about this quarterback who's been overpaid and, and pampered and catered to. Um, I'm going to run a football team and he's going to fall in line or he's not. Um, you know, not that I think like a Leslie Frazier in particular would be really good at being a bad cop. But I almost felt felt like, there, you know, someone's got to come in there with a little bit of a, of a tenure and a pedigree, preferably on the defensive side of the ball 
and maybe lay down the law a little bit and, and you know, let let this kid know that there's a new sheriff in town. I don't know that a first-time head coach who hadn't even been a coordinator that long, you know what I mean? I don't know that he's going to come in there and be up for that fight or, or, or up for that challenge. Fight's probably too strong of a word. Um, I understand, I'm not surprised by the hire. You know, the longer they waited, it's clear that they, they think somebody who's going to coach in the Super Bowl um, could be their next head coach. I, I just think Anarumo's got a stronger track record. He's dealt with more stuff. I mean, there was nearly a, a coup in that defensive room three years ago when a lot of guys who were brought in by the Marvin Lewis regime had been there forever were, were kind of going to management and kind of wanted Anarumo out at midseason. And he withstood that. You know, they ended up trading Geno Atkins. Those guys fell by the wayside. They traded him. They moved on from Dunlap. They got his guys in there, and he really did change a culture on the fly. Um, so, and he's kind of done less with more. You know, it's not like the, it's Howie Roseman getting, you know, wheeling and dealing and doing everything he wants. And also, the Bengals have one of the sort of smallest infrastructures in the league. Like, they don't have the scouting departments, the IT departments, the analytic departments of other teams. Those coaches are super involved with picking the players and just look at the moves they've made on defense and the value they found in Awuzie and Hendrickson and these guys. I mean, Eli Apple's a player there. I mean, Eli Apple's a winning football player for the Cincinnati Bengals. He, he, he was getting tossed out the club within six months of arriving with teams prior to that. So I had to go with Anarumo, but, you know, it is what it is. Jason, speaking about getting tossed out, obviously Derek Carr looking for a gig. Uh, it almost seems like now that Aaron Rodgers is is emerging from his darkness, it's almost like where Aaron Rodgers go, that may seem to where maybe Carr will land and then Tannehill. Where does all that shape out? You know, because obviously for us, for us in the sports investing world, you know, it's going to affect win totals, division odds, sure. everything like that. Where does where does Aaron Rodgers? Because obviously he's got sixty million reasons to want to stay in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean nothing's changed for me. I, I wrote about this going into the playoffs. The Washington Post talked to a lot of people, connected some dots, and laid out where I thought all the quarterbacks were going. Now at that point in time, Tom Brady had not retired, and I thought Brady was going to San Francisco. I'm still not convinced that come you know Christmas, Tom Brady's not in San Francisco, but whatever. Uh, and I, I thought Rodgers to the Raiders, people I talked to felt like Rodgers to the Raiders was going to be how that thing ended, and Carr to the Jets. Um, and I'm not inclined to move off of either of those. I think if Derek Carr was totally sold that, you know, New Orleans was the place for him, he, you know, he, he could have done some things and, wouldn't have done, and it wouldn't have cost him any money. Actually, in the, in the long run, it might have made him some money and gone ahead and facilitated that trade to the Saints. So Woody Johnson's come out and said, I, I'm, I got money to spend. I want a real quarterback. I'm, I'm sick of this stuff. Um, it's not great between him and the head coach. It just isn't, and it hasn't been. And you know, there were coaching changes made that left to his own devices. I don't think the head coach was even considering. So I don't see Aaron Rodgers in New York. I mean, I just don't. I mean, the paparazzi following him. What's he eating? What's he drinking? Where's he going? Like, he's not up for that fight. Like, he's not. There's no way. I I, I, I don't see it. And the, and the Jets better be realistic um, about what's feasible and what's not as well. You know, Geno's going to end up staying in Seattle. Like, Jimmy G, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe. I think he's heading to Miami where he already knows, you know, the scheme and the coach and everything else. But so I, I suspect that the Jets um, put forth something for Derek Carr that he finds pretty intriguing. 
Jason, we got two minutes left. What about the quarterback in Baltimore? What are you hearing on what's going on with Lamar and the Ravens? And your just your thoughts on this Jeff Munkin hire as OC, and does it change anything for you and maybe Lamar's decision process? It has nothing to do with Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's John Harbaugh doing his due diligence, um, trying to find the best offensive football coach he can find to get this team to have a semblance of an effective and efficient passing game. Um, there's no there's no role for Lamar Jackson in this. There's not great lines of communication between them and Lamar Jackson about a contract, let alone about staffing issues for a coaching staff um, at a time where he's never made a penny above what the CBA said he should make over five years. Like, no, no, he's, he's not interested in helping them put their staff together. Um, I'm not sure how interested he is in playing football for the, them again. Certainly not at any of the price points they've ever put in front of him over years, 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 plural of this negotiation with a unanimous MVP. Um, I like the hire Todd Munkin. I've been a fan of his for a long time. I think you go back to his Bucks teams. Uh, he was at the forefront of early down play action, throwing on first down. Um, he attacks every blade of grass, and he's a wizard in the screen game. And then guys like J.K. Dobbins have been and, and Devin Duvernay have been way underused in the horizontal passing game. And I think he'll fix that. I don't think he'll work with Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't think that's happening. Uh, they've got until Mar March 7th is the real deadline. Yeah, that, that's the deadline to place a tag on a player. And if they don't have a deal done by March 7th, and I'd be shocked if they do, I don't think they can risk going into the offseason with a player on a $44.7 million franchise tag who doesn't get paid until week one. And he's not going to be in that building. He's not going to be doing press conferences, talking to the media, saying how great it is to work with Todd Munkin. They're going to be installing another offense, and he's going to be in South Florida. Um, he's got no, and it's not a holdout. He's not doing anything other than following the CBA, which they haven't given me a penny over what they contractually had to with a CBA that was negotiated when I was in middle school. So guess what? I'm not showing up for your dog and pony shows. I'm not showing up for your fake football. I'm not here to bail you out. Get me somewhere where they respect me and they'll pay me what I'm worth. Otherwise, I'll see you 72 hours before week one and we'll see how that goes, suckers. So yeah. if that's what they want to do, that's the road they want to go down. You've been super naive about this entire thing the whole time. You thought you'd get over on this kid. You could keep doing that. Or when you only have five draft picks and you don't have much of a roster on offense and your owner doesn't want to spend big or even moderate to buy free agents, then you better trade him for a haul and try to win 17-14 with somebody else at quarterback. It's great points. Jason Lockenfora, Odyssey NFL Insider. We appreciate the time. 